Here's something to look forward to as believers in Christ. Don't you look for a new heaven and a new earth? Aren't you longing for a place where righteousness dwells? Aren't you longing for a place where sickness and death and disease and division and difficulty and every other D word you could come up with are just dissolved and gone? I mean, do you ever just dream about the new heaven and the new earth? Do you ever dream about that being reunited with your loved ones for all of eternity? Do you ever dream about the goodness of God, the King Jesus ruling and reigning? I look forward to that day. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my It's time once again for Abounding Grace, the radio outreach of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. It features the Bible teaching ministry of Ed Taylor. Today's study time is framed around 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Now, with all that's going on around the world, from abortion to murder, division and hostility, do you wonder when will God put a stop to it all? Well, He will, and it's referred to as the day of the Lord, a day when He will judge the earth. The question we ponder over today is how should we be living in the meantime? Can I just say on a personal level, for those of you dabbling in sin, for those of you, you know, doing things that you shouldn't be doing, you know, the day of the Lord will come in your life as well. You won't get away with anything. The Bible speaks of sin finding you out. It's not like God doesn't know. He already knows. You're not going to be found out by God, but your sin will find you out. It will appear in just the wrong time in your life. It will catch up to you, especially those of you that follow Christ. There's no need for you to be dabbling in things that will destroy you. There's no need for you to be involved in things that are destroying you now. But in a broader sense, as Peter is writing to these believers that are displaced, these believers that are discouraged, these believers that are on the run, these believers that were like wondering, why won't you settle this now? Why won't you stop this now? Why won't you just put your, your foot on the Roman Emperor Nero and end my trial now? Why won't you just stop it now? Hey, listen, God is not slack concerning his promises. God is not slack concerning his promises, but he's long-suffering. Why won't you put, the, why won't you put your foot down on the injustices today? God is long-suffering not willing that any should perish. We're living in the long suffering of God, even as I speak. However, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, at a time when you're not expecting, sudden, unexpected. The heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements melt. We're back in 2 Peter now, chapter 3, verse 10. The elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. This is prophesied in the Old Testament. Peter's bringing it home in the New Testament. Many people will look at the day of the Lord and assign it to the great tribulation period in Revelation chapter 6 through 19. 
the process of the gracious judgment of God. We can get caught up in the judgments that take place in the last three and a half years, the heavy ones, the, the difficult ones, but the entirety of the seven-year period is known as the Great Tribulation. And to live under a fake peace and security, under the rulership of the Antichrist, that's just as much the judgment of God as the last half of the book of Revelation, the last half of the Great Tribulation period. And all kinds of supernatural things happen. The elements are melting with fervent heat. The earth is burned up. Now there was that phrase in 1 Thessalonians 5. There was that phrase in verse 3 where it spoke of peace and safety. There is going to be that lulling effect that come upon people just before the time of judgment comes. A peace treaty between Israel and the Islamic nations and the Antichrist. The rebuilding of the temple. If you can imagine what that would be like, to re rebuilding of the temple. For those of you that have the privilege of going with us to Israel, one of our stops is the Temple Institute. And let me tell you something. These people are serious about rebuilding the temple. They have everything, all of the elements, everything ready and even if you're reading up, even during this time with COVID and such, if you continue to follow the news in Israel, which I would encourage you to do, it's the epicenter of all the end times. They are now, they just received uh, permission, to, the Jews just received permission. This is monumental to have silent prayer on the Temple Mount. Um, monumental. I, I don't even know how to describe how, and, and how this is all going to go down because when we take tours up and we're on the Temple Mount, they won't even allow our guide to hold up a map and teach us out loud. They're walking around and, and one of our trips, they, they took the map right out of our guide's hand. I mean, it was, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening, but you know, everything is being put into place and we're the generation that are seeing things come together. I mean, some of you are even alive uh, to see the nation of Israel come back uh, as a nation itself. I mean, that's unbelievable that you get to see that with your own eyes. This lulling effect comes. Peace and safety. Everything's going to be okay. We visualize world peace. And here it is. We've decided to save the planet. Here we are. Don't worry. Everything's going to be happy. And Jesus said right up to this time, the world will be swirling in chaos and confusion, preparing for a peace and safety message. In Luke 21, verse 25, Jesus said, there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and in the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Literally, there'll be that feeling like there's no way out. And I mentioned already the Antichrist, that biblical world ruler that come on the scene, that comes on the scene. He doesn't just like come on the scene, although it will appear sudden. He's been groomed and prepped and be prepared for this very role. And the nations of the world will yield their sovereignty to him and their leadership to him. And he will form a treaty with the Jews to rebuild the temple and there will be a false peace for three and a half years. And then Paul says back in 1 Thessalonians 5. Can you go back there with me? So I want to go back and forth because this is a familiar picture here. Jesus uses the same thing in Matthew 24. But notice in chapter 5, 
This is super important. You wonder, why would we be studying such things? Well, first of all, we study verse by verse, so we're going to go through the entire Bible, but this is such a relevant message for the days in which we live. This is it. This is one of the insights of what is happening in the world today. This is it. All in preparation. So notice what he says in verse 3. He says in chapter 5, And they, for when they say, there's a distinction between you believers and they, they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes on them. Why? Because that's how a thief in the night, sudden destruction, unexpected, happens quickly. However, it says, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, they shall not escape. Jesus spoke in Matthew 24, verse 8, that that's the beginning of sorrows, labor pains. Now, in our fellowship, uh, we've been blessed over the years to see so many women uh, give birth. Uh, we've watched them from the beginning of conception and see uh, through the process. And then up here, eventually, we dedicate their kids. And it's a beautiful thing, wonderful to watch. It's a wonderful blessing and challenging at the same time with the pain and agony of birth. Now, when a woman's going to give birth, there are certain signs. You can see them with your own eyes. First, she tends to get bigger in one place over time. Then she begins to feel movement of that baby as the baby stretches and grows in the womb. Then she has that general, experiences that general growth over a nine-month period. And then toward the end, she knows as the labor pains come, they come small and any frequent. Now, let me say, I'm not speaking from experience, of course. This has been told to me and verified. But as you, as you hear, you have the, the small and infrequent times, but over time, they become more intense. Right, ladies? More intense and closer together. <laughs> and as you feel they're more intense and closer together, the frequency, listen, the frequency and intensity of those pains tell you that that baby is coming soon. And Jesus and Paul... Peter, they all use the same illustration, something that would be relatable in the human realm. The labor pains, frequent and intense. The more frequent and intense they become, the closer you know. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's what Paul is saying. These signs are obvious. No one's going to know the day or the hour. Don't allow anyone to predict to you the day or the hour, both past or future or present for that matter, the signs will be obvious. You'll know the times, the chronos, and the seasons, kairos. You're going to know. They're going to become more intense and more frequent. The pains will be different than the earlier pains that you experienced. Whereas you were going through maybe five, ten years ago, let's say, and you saw some technology invented, or you saw things. I remember years ago as a new believer, a friend of mine giving me a pic, I think it was a, a copy of Omni Magazine. And uh, that's back when magazines were what we communicated with. And he gave me a copy, and on the front of that, on the front cover of the magazine was a person with a barcode uh, imprinted on their forehead. And it was the new technology that was being used in supermarkets at the time in the early 90s. 
that we're going to speed up and help you identify what you were buying and check out at the grocery line. And then, of course, you look at it and go, wait a minute, everything's going to have an identity and you can just swipe it and it, you won't be able. And the big thing about the, the, the barcode was, what do you mean? You can't buy or sell without the barcode? And it was just a little hint. And we look back and go, look what's happening in our world. Ah, oh, that's not true. Oh, oh, look where we are today. And we're simply looking at 30 years of time, more frequent, more intense, where in many ways, technology has far out surpassed what we would ever think. Sudden destruction and great tribulation comes upon the unprepared. The unprepared. In Matthew 24, 21, it says, Then there will be great tribulation such as never been since the beginning of the world until this time no nor shall ever be. Come back to Peter now. Now we do believe here at Calvary that, and we teach very strongly and biblically in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. You can just go to our, our app or our website, put in the word rapture and Studies are available there, biblically walking you through the doctrine of the rapture. We believe that it happens prior to the seven-year tribulation period, not midway, but prior to the seven years. But even so, we're alive now on the earth. So we do expect the return of the Lord, but we're alive now on the earth. And notice he says, in verse 11, he says, therefore... So God's long-suffering. He's saving people. It's for salvation. But the day of the Lord will come. The day of justice will arrive. The, the day of consummation will come. Therefore, for those that are alive on the earth, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons should you be? Or some of your translations say, ought you to be? in holy conduct and godliness. What kind of people you need to be now in your life today? The world, it's not our home. This isn't our permanent home. We are both citizens of earth, but also more primarily citizens of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. This is not our home. We're just passing through. So Jesus, he comes on the scene and what does he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's first. That's the order of citizenship. You're a citizen of heaven first, and then a citizen of earth. We're to be faithful on earth. But the question is, what kind of life do you need to live? What should you, what ought you to do? What should you, how should you live your life? He gives you, he gives you, he asks and answers the question. And I just find a lot of Christians don't want to do this. A lot of believers don't want to live this way. They want to get caught up in the constellations. They want to get caught up in the, oh, look at what's happening here. They want to get caught up in all of the details, the labor pains. But you know, even for a mom with labor pains, the significance is much more than the labor pains. The significance is a delivery of that baby and the health of that mom. It's not all, look at the labor pains. I mean, uh, you can try it. Let me know how it goes. But there's a, a woman great with labor and great with child, and she's hurting. Oh, tell me about the pain. Tell me about the pain. Explain the pain to me. I want to run a book on you about your pain. No, it's the baby. It's the baby. The health and safety of the baby and the health and safety of the mom. 
That's what's important. Oh, the intensity and the timing of the pain and pain management, of course, but it's not priority. And how easy it is to have things flipped around. You know what's important right now? What's important right now is the coming of the Lord. That's what's important. Not all the signs and things. I mean, obviously we're going to know, we're going to watch them, but just acknowledge what they are and get your eyes back on the Lord. Acknowledge what they are and look to Him. And that's what He says. How do you do that? Number one, holy conduct, holiness. Yes, it is God's will for you to live a holy life. Jesus would even teach us, be holy as I am holy. Be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. Obviously, that could be misunderstood from a pulpit where, you know, a pastor's telling you, you should just live according to some strict code of conduct. No, no. As you abide in Christ, His holiness is your holiness. When you and I abide in Christ, His desire is my desire. His love, my love. His care, my care. So that as I'm praying, as I'm drawing near to Him, He's drawing near to me. And my life becomes His life. And I mean, in a real abiding relationship, you, you, you've experienced this because you've had the Lord work in your life and you step back and go, where did that come from? It was a moment of abiding, friend. The Lord was with you and in you and around you. And you were with him, in him, and, and enjoying him. And he was using you. Yes, number one, holy conduct. Number two, godliness. The church is to be different than the world in tough times. That's what Peter says. The church is to be different than the world, in especially, I would even say, in tough times. He says, hey, God is patient. He's allowing Nero on the run. Stay alive. Man, do what you got to do. But the day of the Lord's coming. Don't worry. The day of the Lord's coming, it's going to be, God's going to keep his promises. But since he hasn't come yet, what kind of people should we be? We should be living holy godly. That godliness could also be defined as God-likeness, the characteristics of God we live down in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, the fruit of the Spirit. You're just going to be a different person. There's going to be a distinction. People that knew you before will say, man, what's going on with you? What happened with you? What, where, where did this come from? You're going to, there'll be a distinction because you're born again. A Christian that looks like and sounds like and lives like Jesus, holy conduct, compassionate care, godly lifestyles, seeing, loving God and loving our neighbor, our neighbor that was created in the image of God. Not only that, but thirdly, notice he says, you also to live looking for the coming of the Lord. How are you supposed to live your life? You're to look for the coming of the day of God. You're to look for it. You're to look for and hasten, hasten. Now, hasten means to speed up. And some has interpreted that like we control the coming of the Lord, like we can make it happen faster. But I don't believe that's the only definition, and I don't believe we can make it happen faster. We hasten his coming by preaching the gospel. We hasten his coming by compelling folks to come to Jesus and receive his love. We live in a habitual way. We're not going to artificially change the times and seasons or the day and hour of his coming. We don't know. But by hastening, we're living in such a way with that habitual expectation of the rapture of the church, of the day of the Lord. 
where the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, the elements. The rapture of the church happens first, and then the day of the Lord begins right then and there. Notice verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Isn't that the truest statement? Don't you look for a new heaven and a new earth? Aren't you longing for a place where righteousness dwells? Aren't you longing for a place where sickness and death and disease and division and difficulty and every other D word you could come up with are just dissolved and gone? I mean, do you ever just dream about the new heaven and the new earth? Do you ever dream about that being reunited with your loved ones for all of eternity? Do you ever dream about the goodness of God, the King Jesus ruling and reigning, the fulfillment? I mean, I know we still, even in our Bible study, we could study the Bible forever and still have a limited knowledge of all that is ours in Christ. Aren't you looking forward to the day when your limited knowledge will be full? I mean, it'll be complete. That what John said, John at 99 years old or so, John says, he says, there's coming a day when we will know even as we're known. I look forward to that day. That day where God's righteousness supersedes. Now, here's another way that we hasten, and this is where we'll close. Would you turn over to Mark chapter 9? It really is consistent too with our prayer points as we were praying together as a church. And I hope you guys listening in on the radio right now, uh, that your church prays together. That it is a regular habit that as the church, we pray together, whether it's directed, whether it's spontaneous, whether it's before your gathering, in your gathering, after your gathering, that we're a house of prayer. And so we were praying during our time and praying for more laborers. Look at what Jesus says. You want to hasten the coming of the Lord? Get busy with the Lord and pray. It's that time where Jesus looks out and he sees the fields that are ripe for harvest. And what does he tell? He says, pray for more laborers to go into the harvest. But it fits really well here because it also is in a place of simplicity that as you're praying for the soon return of the Lord, and you're praying for more laborers into the harvest, and you're praying for God to use you in greater ways, and you're praying for God to meet you where you are, number one, you are the answer to your prayer. You are the laborer in the harvest. You're not just praying more of them. You're praying more of us. You're praying that God would send you into the, into the harvest. The fields are ripe for harvest. And we need an army, a spiritual army of believers who will live for the Lord, who will speak up, who will speak out, and speak to a generation that's going to face the day of the Lord. A generation that's going to face the day of the Lord. Receive the challenge to speak up and speak out to those who need to know the Lord and live in such a way that honors God. Pastor Ed Taylor has been covering 2 Peter chapter 3 today on Abounding Grace. It's a message titled, The Day of the Lord. Stop by AboundingGraceRadio.com if you'd like a replay, or listen to Pastor Ed through our app. Search for Calvary Church or Ed Taylor and download that today. 
We've been blessed in recent months as we hear from people who have called or written to let us know that they listen and how God is doing a great work through the teaching of His Word. We're so thankful to God for this. And if you'd like to share your story, please email us through our website at aboundinggraceradio.com. We really do want to hear from you. And we also have a book we'd like to get into your hands that can help you overcome discouragement and even depression. It's Struggling Under the Broom Tree by Pastor Bill Gem. It seems like a day doesn't go by that we don't hear of someone who is really down and discouraged. The past couple of years have really been rough. Did you realize that the prophet Elijah also struggled with fear, doubt, and depression? And you'll read about it in this book, but also how God would lift him out from under the broom tree of despair. Pastor Bill reveals God's rescue plan for discouragement in Struggling Under the Broom Tree. Request a copy when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We're here to serve you at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or just go online to calvaryco.store. And thank you for helping us get the word out on stations like this one. As you partner with us, it's thrilling to see how God uses it in great ways to bless and encourage so many lives through the radio. Another convenient way to make a donation is online at aboundinggraceradio.com. Next time on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor encourages us to live in light of eternity. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.